Hi, welcome to episode two of this series of podcasts where we discuss UK government's consultation on the introduction of a statutory regime to govern disclosure of payments by the life sciences industry to individuals and organisations in the healthcare sector. I'm Vivian Zhu, an associate in the Bristow's data protection team. And I'm Jamie Hatzel, an associate in Bristow's life sciences regulatory team. So, Vivian, in the last episode, you and our colleague Chris introduced our listeners to the broad outline of the consultation and how this kind of disclosure of transfers of value is really nothing new for the life sciences industry, especially for pharma? Yeah, I think that just about sums it up. We don't really get into the specifics of the consultation and what it means for industry, though, so maybe that's something we can pick up in this episode? Yeah, I think we can do that. Let me kick things off with more of the details from the consultation. So to briefly recap what this consultation is all about, the UK's Department of Health and Social Care, that's DHSC, is consulting on the introduction of a statutory regime which will make it mandatory for life sciences companies to disclose financial and non-financial transfers of value to individuals and organisations in the healthcare sector. DHSC is only at the preliminary stage of consultation, but much can be gleaned from the consultation document about DHSC's plans for the statutory disclosure regime. Now, the consultation document is fairly long. It's much too long to summarise in full here in this little podcast. So we'll drop a link in the description down below for anyone who wants to read it in full. But I think we can basically break down the interesting contents of the consultation as follows. First of all, who has to disclose? Second, which transfers of value to which recipients need to be disclosed? And third, what about the existing voluntary schemes that you and Chris already spoke about in the last episode? Starting with who has to disclose, DHSC has indicated that the statutory disclosure regime will apply to, first of all, manufacturers and commercial suppliers of medicines, medical devices, and certain so-called borderline products. That's basically food and cosmetics, which are listed in the drug tariff for reimbursement on the NHS. And also parent companies and subsidiaries of such manufacturers and commercial suppliers. Now, the consultation suggests that small businesses, that's those with fewer than 50 employees, or micro-businesses, that's businesses with fewer than 10 employees, could be excluded from the statutory disclosure regime due to its expected administrative burden. Turning to which transfers of value to the healthcare sector need to be disclosed, the answer is any transfer of value that can be expressed in a monetary value to a relevant recipient, which is not specifically excluded from the regime. So it is important to remember this covers both payments of money, such as payments for market research, and also benefits in kind, which could include services. In terms of relevant recipients, DHSC proposes that companies subject to the statutory disclosure regime will be required to disclose transfers of value made to a wide range of recipient individuals and organizations. These recipients fall into two categories. One, persons and organizations which provide healthcare in the UK, whether or not in the private sector, and two, persons and organizations which carry out activities connected with healthcare in the UK. Okay, wow. So those sound like some pretty broad categories. Uh, Yeah, they are quite broad. Uh, They're fairly comparable with the ABPI code on the whole. It is interesting that individuals and organizations in the private sector are caught, as well as those who are working in the NHS. And there are also some interesting proposed inclusions in the second category of organisations which carry out activities connected with healthcare in the UK too. You know, charity arms of hospitals, clinical research organisations, including medical research charities, professional bodies responsible for training healthcare professionals like the Royal Colleges, and patient advocacy organisations. So some pretty uh, unusual inclusions. 
Okay, so what about excluded transfers of value? Well, let's just say that a whole lot more is included in the scheme than is excluded from the scheme. I mean, uh, the following categories of transfers of value are proposed to be excluded. Uh, Minimal payments worth less than 50 quid up to a total annual value per recipient of £500. So you can't give someone a whole bunch of individual payments of less than £50 up to more than £500 and say, yeah, those are all minimal payments that were excluded. Once you pass that £500 threshold, you're going to have to disclose it. Uh, Fair market value payments for products or services will be uh, excluded. Uh, Think payments made by a life sciences company to a hospital for conducting a clinical study or something like that. However, this exception won't apply to payments for services provided by individual healthcare professionals, as it's considered desirable that consultancy fees paid to such HCPs should be disclosed. Third, discounts and rebates agreed with healthcare providers will be excluded, as these are considered to be a normal part of pricing for life sciences products such as pharmaceuticals and medical devices. And fourth, services which are provided by a company as part of a contractual arrangement, such as a package deal, where, for example, a testing service is provided alongside a medicine, those will also be excluded. Uh, Separately, DHSC has also indicated that a company will be able to redact commercially sensitive information from its transfer of value disclosures. Companies will still need to disclose that a payment has been made, so this won't place any payments out of scope of the statutory disclosure regime. It will allow them to redact sensitive information. Okay, so I understand that's what companies will have to disclose under the statutory regime. Um, But what about companies which already comply with an existing voluntary scheme, like the ABPI code? Well, DHSC's consultation recognises the existence of the disclosure rules in the ABPI code and also the Disclosure UK portal, which is the website where companies disclose transfers of value under the ABPI code. And DHSC doesn't want to get rid of such voluntary schemes like the ABPI code. In fact, it wants to encourage them. The consultation says that companies will be able to comply with the statutory disclosure regime by complying with designated voluntary disclosure schemes. And at this stage, it looks likely that the ABPI's Disclosure UK scheme will be one such designated scheme. However, the consultation also suggests that other voluntary schemes could be designated in due course and become an alternative way for companies to comply with the statutory disclosure regime. So, Vivian, what do you think all this could mean from a data protection perspective? So starting with the scope of the disclosure requirement, the data required to be disclosed in the statutory disclosure regime does differ in some respects to what pharma companies are used to under the ABPI code. So for example, the work addresses of individual healthcare professionals, HCPs, do not need to be disclosed under the statutory regime, but there are new requirements to publish professional registration numbers and a complete list of reasons for each payment and benefit made by companies to HCPs. How does this differ to what some pharma companies will already be used to? So professional registration numbers are actually already required by the transfer of value disclosure framework in the Netherlands and the US, um, but that isn't currently a requirement of Disclosure UK. And in terms of the complete list of reasons um, for each payment and benefit, the wording of the consultation suggests that the statutory regime is looking for, I suppose, more qualitative descriptions rather than quantitative Um, So more than just simply putting down the amount of the transfer of value. However, the government does need to clarify what may be deemed a complete list of reasons um, and whether this could constitute maybe, is that one word, is that one line or paragraph? Um, So we do need a bit more clarification in that respect. Yeah, for sure. 
You also mentioned in episode one of this podcast how companies need a lawful basis in order to process the personal data of individual HCPs, and that they have, up to now, relied on either consent or legitimate interests. Does this position change under the proposed statutory regime? I mean, the fact that it will be a statutory disclosure regime suggests that companies can now perhaps rely on compliance with a legal obligation as a lawful basis for disclosure, but only to the extent that the statute actually requires companies to disclose that data. So, in other words, companies will only be able to rely on compliance with a legal obligation as a lawful basis for the items of personal data that the statute specifies needs to be disclosed. Okay, so let's refer to the personal data in-scope of the statutory requirement as in-scope data. But what about out-of-scope data? For example, personal data required to be disclosed under the ABPI code that does not need to be disclosed pursuant to the statutory disclosure regime. So that's actually a really good question. So one example would be the disclosure of an individual HCP's work address. So that currently is a requirement under the ABPI code but wouldn't be a requirement under the statutory regime. So to put it simply, if there is no legal obligation to disclose the data pursuant to statute, companies would need to rely on a different lawful basis to process the out-of-scope data. So this could be legitimate interests or consent. Ideally, the statutory regime would cover all personal data published by approved schemes, such as Disclosure UK, and that would enable companies to rely on compliance with a legal obligation for all of the personal data disclosed, rather than relying on different legal bases to process different types of personal data. But ultimately, we'll have to wait and see how the statute is actually drafted to determine the extent of a legal obligation. That's really interesting. Have there been any changes proposed by the consultation as to where companies should disclose the required data? So the statutory disclosure regime requires companies to publish the relevant data on their UK websites with a link to the information in a prominent place on their homepage. That's not that dissimilar to current requirements under the ABPI code, which mandates transfers of value to patient organisations to be disclosed on the pharma company's website. And actually, some companies also voluntarily provide a link to Disclosure UK or publish their own disclosure report on their websites. What about companies that don't have a UK website? Will a link on their European or even global website suffice? So this actually hasn't been addressed yet by the consultation, but by way of comparison, the ABPI code allows companies to disclose payments to patient organisations on either their UK or European websites. And what about pharmaceutical companies already using Disclosure UK for disclosures? Can they continue using this or another third-party scheme? So yeah, companies can comply by exception with the statutory regime using Disclosure UK or a similar third-party scheme that's been designated by the government. This might make it easier for pharmaceutical companies to comply since they can simply continue using Disclosure UK. However, the current disclosure requirements under the ABHI code for medical device companies are much narrower. We'll discuss this in more detail in the next episode. Also, just by way of reminder, compliance with the ABPI and ABHI codes is voluntary, so there may be companies who are not members of either that do not have the relevant mechanisms already in place and will also have to do more to comply with disclosure requirements. Are there any other data protection implications we should be aware of? So some other important things to note are that in-scope data must be disclosed annually and must remain public for a minimum of three years from the date of disclosure. This is the same as currently required by the ABPI code. And what are the practical implications of the consultation as a whole? Well, it's important to remember that we are still only at consultation stage. 
And as a reminder, companies still have time to respond to the consultation, which closes on the 16th of October 2023. Following this, the next things to look out for will be the outcome of the consultation and ultimately the text of the statutory instrument. From a data protection perspective, companies seeking to rely on compliance with legal obligation as the lawful basis for processing individual HCP's personal data will need to update their privacy notices to change the lawful basis from what it is currently, whether that be legitimate interests or consent. But remember, you can only rely on compliance with a legal obligation as a lawful basis to the extent that the personal data is required to be disclosed by law. Otherwise, you will need to rely on a second lawful basis. So again, that might be legitimate interests or consent. So Jamie, do you have anything else to add from a life sciences regulatory perspective? Well, it's not really from a regulatory perspective, but it's very common for industry bodies such as the ABPI and the ABHI uh, to put in an industry response to consultations of this sort. And uh, we could recommend that companies should check whether their industry body is planning to submit a response to the consultation and consider inputting on that. Okay, great. So our next episode, we'll delve into the implications of a statutory disclosure regime for medtech companies specifically. So hopefully we'll see some of you there. Thanks for listening.